Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life balance expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors and experts from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help you on your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern. Well, good afternoon and welcome. It's Deb Crow. It's June the 6th. And I'm not sure what Mother Nature's got planned for us this week. We've gone from a complete heat wave in Canada to back to chilly temperatures. So here's to a warm weekend before we officially see summer in two weeks. So I wanted to tell you about our June 2018 sponsor. It's Susan Sharp from asharpdifference.com. Susan is a motivational speaker and workshop presenter. She helps people find their unique niche. She's wonderful at navigating workplace conflict, and to work more inspired is her goal. If you are searching for true purpose in your life, visit our episode info because Susan has a free resource for you this week that will help you identify your true calling And there is a purpose worksheet that you can download, and we've got the link all set for you in our episode info. So our episode today is entitled Post-Traumatic Enlightenment, and I'm pleased to introduce you to my guest. Her name is Jennifer Cunningham. She is an experienced marketing communications professional who offers a diverse blend of international experience strengths in both strategy and planning. She also has lots of options for project implementation, operational integration, program delivery, and event management. Jennifer has extensive experience in the nonprofit, education, technology, and health industries. So Jennifer, welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I always love when I get to interview a fellow Canadian, and you're you're a mere two hours away, so this is a nice treat for me because every week I'm at a different end of the globe. So nice to have someone local and, again, a fellow Canadian. Now, I want to talk to you about uh, yeah. your post-traumatic enlightenment series that I know you developed. And I love the cliche that things happen for a reason and there's always a story. So would you share with our listeners a little bit about your story before we chat about the development of the Post-Traumatic Enlightenment Summit that you just had? Uh, Absolutely. So um, in 2016, I was diagnosed with cancer. And at first, you know, it completely rocked my world. I I wasn't sleeping. I was feeling anxious and had some depression. I gained weight um, and, you know, just generally lost my motivation. But then I started to notice a change in myself and I started, um, you know, I was feeling really positive about the future. I started to reprioritize what was important in my life and I had a greater um, feeling of self-reliance and gratitude and kind of discovered that I was actually stronger than I thought that I was. So I started reading up about this concept of post-traumatic growth. I, I heard something on the CBC, which is a 
Canadian um, radio. And I, it was about post-traumatic growth, and, um, which really is about personal transformation after adversity. And so then I started noticing that this was something that I was experiencing. But I also noticed that not everybody else in, this, in my community or people who had, had been going through uh, adversity was experiencing the same thing as me. So I wanted to put together a resource that could help others wherever they were on their journey and kind of share you know, a little piece about where I was and, and how it could potentially help them. Well, and I always love a good story. And to me, post-traumatic growth is, is just taking our ability to focus on our strengths instead of our weaknesses. And it sounds like you certainly tapped into that. And is that where you got the creative idea to pull together the post-traumatic enlightenment summit? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, post-traumatic growth um, is really about the action of what you're going through. Like there's three different, three major areas that people experience change, um, which I can talk about, but it was really this idea of enlightenment to me was about, you know, gaining insight and understanding and awareness and knowledge. And I thought, you know, what, you know, we spend so much time searching on the internet for resources to help us. And oftentimes we don't even know what we need. So, um, yeah, I decided, you know, what if I actually pulled a group of experts together, um, you know, in areas that, um, you know, areas in psychology and mindful movement in mind, body healing and resiliency, um, animal assisted therapy, life balance, so all of these areas, because, you know, we're all coming from, uh, we're coming from different angles. And so if I can put together this, this sort of full spectrum of interviews, it could help somebody no matter what, what, where they were coming from. And the different people that you um, chose to interview, um, many different topics and probably all different walks of life. Was that just a list that you put together based on your post-traumatic growth or was that just part of the research and some of the, ideas or strategies that you felt would be best to get out there and chat about? So it was a little bit of both. Um, in my research on post-traumatic growth, um, they, they've identified three major areas that people experience change. So the first is change in the self. Second is change in relationships. And the third is change in life philosophy. So I, what I tried to do is get experts who either speak on those topics on each of those kind of areas or could somehow impact people in those areas. So for example, with change in the self, um, there's, there's this altered self-perception. There's this increased confidence to be able to handle whatever, you know, the future holds. Uh, people are become more accepting of their vulnerabilities and their limitations. And they, there's a greater sense of resiliency um, and strength. And so I wanted to attract people that could talk about the self, talk about, um, you know, mind-body connection, talk about work-life balance, some of those things that change just in, that, in the self. And then change in relationships can look like um, kind of a greater need for uh, stronger connections. It could mean valuing friends and family more. Um, it, can also, it can also look like um, increased compassion and altruism, so helping other people. So that was some, you know, I had some relationship experts um, on, my, on my series. And then the big one is this change in life philosophy. So that's shifting the priorities, 
um, rethinking what their values and their, and their vision is for their life now that they've kind of been given this second chance, um, learning to live in the moment, learning to um, be grateful for what you have, and, and kind of reevaluating, reevaluating everything. So I tried to get um, to get people to talk about that, and and using using wisdom like tapping into your your own body and your innate knowledge in your body. So I had movement experts and um, art therapists, that kind of thing. And since you've done that, I know that you have transitioned yourself in your business to start coaching and helping others who may have some type of post-traumatic stress, if I can use that term loosely, Jen. And you are, you've really honed in on the coaching, and I know you refer to it as vision and value mapping. Could you just give yeah. our listeners an overview of the theory and the concepts of that and maybe share with us, without breaching confidentiality, maybe an example of how you've implemented that? Yeah, so... What I, what I realized was that, um, you know, from my own personal experience with, with post-traumatic enlightenment, um, was that I could actually combine that experience plus take, you know, 20-plus years of experience in change management and project management, um, in building marketing communications and brand plans for products and companies, um, and apply that framework and methodology to, to individuals. So it's really, you know, it's almost taking like a brand planning methodology and applying it to, to the individual. Um, so for some people, that means helping them rediscover and redefine themselves after trauma. For others that um, may not have experienced trauma, they might still feel stuck or in a rut or, um, you know, just unhappy with, with their current life. And so I help people to, to define their vision, their purpose, their goals, so I asked them, like, you know, where, where could you be? What is your plan? What's the vision? Um, and then I, we, we look at where are we now? So what, what's, you know, a little bit of analysis of where you're at. Um, why are you there? So some of the, the trauma is, is one piece of it, but there's also limiting beliefs and fears. And then once we've identified the vision, we've, we've looked at where we were, we, we understand what the limiting beliefs are, we can then figure out how do we get there? So what are the strategies we have to execute? And then what, is, what do we actually need to do? So what's the plan? So it's taking that, that methodology of, of planning a brand and a program to the individual. So I'm kind of shifting from the professional to the personal. So in a case where someone has had multiple diagnoses with cancer, because I, I volunteer at hospice every week and that's something that I see on a regular basis and maybe you've had some exposure to doing your coaching. How do you bring them back through that loop again when they're going through a repetitive diagnosis of something like that? Because that brings them back through that whole circle of change. So how do you, yeah. how do, you do that? And then just kind of part two of my question is how do you handle it if someone actually lands up becoming palliative, how do you frame that and, and kind of what's the shifting of the vision or the coaching then? So, you know, one thing that I, I wanted to make very clear is that I'm not a therapist and that I'm not a counselor um, and that if somebody is in the midst of um, a traumatic event where they should be seeking professional help in that, that type of professional help, then I absolutely recommend that. Um, so 
I haven't personally had to deal with somebody that's gone into the, into palliative, um, into that situation. Um, but, you know, I think that regardless, it's really about reconnecting people to, you know, what their, what their vision or, or goal is. So even if it is an end of life kind of conversation, I think we still all, all want to leave a legacy, right? You know, that's something that we talk, that I think about a lot uh, now is what will my legacy be? So I think if, if we can, if I could connect somebody to that, um, that would be my goal in terms of, in, so for somebody in that situation. And then I also think, you know, I, I often think about, um, I don't know if you've heard of the, um, the Japanese art that's called Kintsugi. Have you heard of that, Deb? I, I, ha- I have, and um, I actually uh, learned of that through hospice, so I'd, I'd love for you to chat about that. Yeah, so I love this theory. So I, I just, I'm thinking about that in terms of, you know, how would I help somebody who's going through, through you know, a second round of cancer or some other uh, trauma. There's this idea of, of um, kintsugi, which is a traditional Japanese art. And, you know, the idea is when a bowl or a vase um, breaks into a thousand pieces, normally we would throw that away. But the Japanese art of kintsugi teaches, teaches us that broken objects are not something to hide. Um, and what they do is they actually use either liquid gold or lacquer dusted with powdered gold, and they put the, the pottery back together um, with, these, with these really unique, irregular patterns, right, with these cracks that are filled with gold. And the point of that is not to disguise the damage, and it's, it's instead actually meant to emphasize the breaks because um, it's this idea, this imagery and this message that, you know, this care and love that's extended to the shattered pottery should encourage all of us to actually respect what is damaged and scarred in ourselves and what's, you know, vulnerable and imperfect about ourselves and then also extend that to others. So I like to bring that idea of Kintsugi back to people to remind people that, you know, you may be going through a tough situation, but it's making you stronger and let's, let's, let's celebrate what that does. Well, and I, I've seen some art that has been done, and it's absolutely beautiful. And I just, I love the whole metaphor that just because you've become ill or you've been diagnosed with some type of disease, I just love the representation of it. And it's just done artistically through such a nice modality. So I know you have your website, and it's posttraumaticenlightenment.com. And I know that you have a sign-up there where people can go. So could you just share with our listeners a little bit about um, the website and what's on it, and then the sign-up and kind of how you can stay in touch and they can stay in touch with you, Jen? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, yeah, so it's posttraumaticenlightenment.com. And what I did was I uh, collaborated with 24 professionals uh, with expertise in psychology, mindful movement, mind-body healing, resiliency, nutrition, um, creative therapy, animal-assisted therapy, um, et cetera. And um, I've done 30-minute interviews with them. So there's 24 interviews that people can get access to. And in addition to that, I do um, weekly emails where um, we talk about some of the topics that are, that are um, come up in those interviews. And just this idea of, of visioning and, and creating sort of value statements and, and that kind of thing. Because the idea is really that everybody should, you know, 
move in, in the, into the journey, you know, past the trauma and really move towards living a, a really courageous and inspired life. Well, and I think that not only are you relatable as a coach for these individuals, Jen, but you've, you've been through this journey and it's beautiful that you have taken your post-traumatic growth and turned it into being an entrepreneur and, and offering it to others, which I think is just beautiful. And, you know, I think the challenge that uh, some people face as well is that whole element of self-care. And, you know, my mm-hmm. love for work-life balance, which I, I love calling yeah. integration now because I think balance makes us feel uneven and, and pulled to one side at any given time. So what are some of the strategies that you have implemented into your life for self-care? And what are some of the strategies that you recommend when you're coaching others who've had a similar journey to yourself? Yeah, I mean, for me, um, the biggest piece that I had to, to, re- to introduce back into my life was exercise and, my, and mindful movement. So um, I'm also a Pilates instructor, um, and I went through this whole period where I felt betrayed by my body and, and pretty angry at my body. So there was a, uh, an element of fear that I had to get over. But I, I really have, have embraced exercise again and, my, and really mindful movement. So that idea of connecting with my body um, and, and really, you know, feeling, feeling it move. But there's also that connection of the body in terms of feeling the emotion. So I, I do a lot of exercise around um, figuring out what emotion is, what, how the emotion is manifesting in my body when, if I'm in a certain situation. So I do a lot of, of work around that. Um, and I also am a big believer in meditation. Um, and I'm like most people that, you know, I, I have great intentions to do meditation every day, but it's not so regular, but it's something that I definitely, definitely recommend. And the other piece that's also really important um, that I've introduced and that I recommend to clients is that idea of connection and community. So, um, you know, oftentimes when you've been through a traumatic event, you can isolate yourself. Uh, people, you know, won't understand you. you your relationships have changed. Um, and so it's really about getting back into the community, whether you were part of a club, whether you were, um, you know, want to take lessons in something, um, something that gets you back into the community and just, you know, really energizes you. Those are the three things that I that I definitely recommend. Well, and I'm happy that you touched on exercise because that's an element of self care that a lot of people struggle with and do not try to put into their day. So it's very enlightening for me to hear from you as a Pilates instructor, and and I know that you also ran and did some other elements of of exercise, but that was difficult. And where mm-hmm. Did the fear stem from for you for returning? Was it returning to the exercise that you did before or just exercise in general? So for me, yes, you you just sort of touched upon that. I I had done um, a lot of uh, long-distance triathlons, a couple of Ironmans, and and had been very active in a cycling community and running community. And so to be perfectly honest, it was ego. You know, it was – I was not being able, I wasn't able to return or haven't been able to return at the level that I was at before. Um, And, you know, even returning back to my own personal Pilates practice, I was doing really basic exercises because, you know, I have scar tissue and all sorts of issues. And so it was definitely ego that, that stopped me. 
Um, and that's something that I, I like to work on with people is, is kind of just letting that go. You know, it took me a little while, but there are things you can do where you really have to step into your courage and just say, you know what, I'm going to be vulnerable here. Um, and that's okay because I'm, I'm doing it to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm healthy. Well, and what a great point because sometimes ego can crop up even after you've gone through a difficult diagnosis and getting your way, you know, through cancer and the treatment. And are you cancer-free now, Jen? Yes, I am. And how many how many birthdays have you celebrated being cancer-free? Just one. I'm pretty, uh, yeah, just one. Well, I mean... Since the end of my treatment, it, it was uh, the end of my treatment was last uh, April. So that's wonderful. I'm congratulations yeah. and thank you. How how are you how are you finding your schedule now and your self care and are you still pacing now that you're helping others who've gone through a similar journey? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know it is absolutely important to take care of yourself first. It's that whole that whole you know in the airplane uh, oxygen mask thing uh, analogy. But um, I feel that I, I can't serve people unless I am am coming at you know to the table as full of energy and as full of um, you know just being ready to to serve people. So yeah, I feel I feel pretty good. It's a busy life, but I'm I'm really happy. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm so happy to hear that. And just one last point that I want to touch on with you. Um, I am a new yoga teacher, and I just know the power of yoga and mindfulness. And I, too, you know, strive to meditate every day. And some days it works and some days it doesn't. But like you, I, I just let it roll. Um, and some days I really feel like doing it, and other days, I may do something else and do some reading that's got some spirituality or I just allow myself to ebb and flow. And it's kind of like listening to your body for exercise. I do the same thing and just listen to my mind for what it Mm -hmm. kind of needs for the day. So have you engaged in any yoga or mindfulness and how often are you meditating? So I um, I've done a lot of uh, yoga practices and then and Pilates. So Pilates is also mindful movement, um, and that's pretty much it from the exercise point of view. But I actually use walking as a as a moving meditation um, for myself. And so sometimes I'll sit. I'm I'm pretty good at actually just sitting and meditating. And I would say that I am pretty consistent at about you know three to four times a week. Um, and then, like like you've just mentioned, sometimes I don't want to sit. So, you know, I've, I've been sitting all day, so I will do a um, walking meditation. And that's becoming very, very popular as well. And it's interesting because I do volunteer at hospice, and we have, uh, we have implemented a new walking group as part of our bereavement training, and we were very, very surprised and, and also happy that so many people wanted that modality of just simply mm. walking and having someone by their side to talk to. So, so powerful. Well, I just, it is. I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. And uh, it was an honor to 
be a part of your post-traumatic enlightenment summit. And I hope you're going to just continue to do this great work and mentor others, Jen, and just so happy to hear that your health is doing well and that you've changed your life and you're now helping others get through the journey that, that you've done so well. So all the best to you. Thank you so much. I am um, in the next uh, few months and putting together series two. I had over 1600 people sign up for the first series and um, got so many wonderful emails from people who, who really um, benefited from it. So um, I'm going to start putting together the next, uh, next season of the show. <laughs> well, congratulations. And I mean, you touched people on so many different levels, especially emotional. And again, because you went through that yourself, you couldn't be more relatable. So congratulations on the first summit, and I look forward to seeing what you're going to do in the next summit and just continued prosperity and health, Jen. Thank you so much, Deb. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Just a wonderful interview this afternoon with Jennifer Cunningham and I love how she has taken all of her experience and has now just transferred that into coaching and helping others with vision and value mapping. And just like she said, helping with the change that happens when you have a diagnosis of cancer, change in self, change in relationships, and just change in how you look at life and its philosophy. So thanks so much for tuning into the Changebook Radio Show. And again, I want to thank my June 2018 sponsor, Susan Sharp from asharpdifference.com. And Susan has a free download for you this week. So visit our episode info and go ahead and download your free My Purpose Worksheet and see if this free resource can help you identify your true calling. I think you're really going to like it. Susan is a very, very creative lady and a wonderful speaker and workshop presenter. So this is Deb Crow from the Changebook Radio Show, and I'll be back here next week with another great guest. Take care and have a great week, everybody.